Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, normally we kick off this show with some news of some interesting facts and figures and topics that I stumble across in my reading and research. But guess what? We're breaking from format today because it's our fifth anniversary. That's right. Five years we've been putting purse strings out into the world for better or worse, hopefully for better. A lot's happened in the last five years. Um, You know, if you think about it, it kind of boggles your mind. Five years ago would be October of 2007. Twitter hadn't issued its first tweet yet. Facebook was just getting its first wind after emerging as a platform targeted at college kids, of all things. And going public wasn't even a twinkle in Zuckerberg's eye. Pinterest, yep, Pinterest, we all can't live without it now, but it hadn't even posted its first image. Bloggers were up and going with mom and parenting bloggers just starting to leverage companies and brands to interact with their audiences. Foursquare, you know, Foursquare was still stuck in the round thought bubble, hadn't come to fruition. Steve Jobs had just launched the iPhone. Now, we all live with the iPhone every single day. Imagine when it was called the best invention of 2007. Yes, 2007. Apple TV debuted. Google Apps were best named best new product in 2007 by PC World. The Wii debuted. BlackBerry added GPS, Pandora hit the marketplace. You can kind of get it. A lot has been going on. Even Kayak with travel, you know, really put travel on its ear. The Times Reader hit the market. TomTom1 was a GPS. I don't know how many of you still use GPS. YouTube, Gmail, Dig, all those things we can't live without. We're just getting their start in 2007. It was a huge, huge year for technology and social platforms. MySpace was a big player, um, and, you know, it's being relaunched this year. And Friendster was likely on the way out already, and now it's completely gone. So if you think about watching TV, you know, um, watching TV on a TV at the time was still what we did. And now we watch it on an iPad or our phone, Hulu, there's mobile streaming, you know, reading books, newspapers, and magazines, not on printed paper, but digital, Kindles and iPads. As they're omnipresent, people still drive to Blockbuster to rent a physical DVD. And now, you know what? We stream Netflix. Wi-Fi on airplanes, which I know has revolutionized my life and probably yours, was not even, un- was not even heard of. And, of course, Siri didn't exist yet. I don't know about you, but I could live without Siri being invented personally. She really irritates me. <laughs> it was also the year that First Strings joined WebmasterRadio.fm. One of 30 original programs back then that reached the B2B marketplace. We were the only marketing to women focused radio show on the air and remain so today. 
dabbling in marketing, social, digital, advertising, public relations, and when it comes to women, frankly, nothing, and I mean nothing, is off limits. We've had some really fun shows. It's been a pleasure speaking with some preeminent thought leaders in the space, CEOs, CMOs, authors, researchers, think tanks, political issues experts, movers and shakers in the social and digital space, designers, research and development. I feel like I've talked to almost every type of individual out there, and I've learned something from each and every one of you. Um, each and every one of you did enlighten the listener, shared something important, and helped make this show one of the most listened to among its peer set. Not that there are many who compete with purse strings in the space. Our little show has grown from one listener, that would be my husband, to nearly 100,000 listeners annually, hopefully demonstrating that you get something tangible from this show and our guest, and frankly, is what keeps me going every week. Today, I am devoting this show to a look forward, not a look back. So much has happened in five years. What will the next five years bring us? My guest should be helpful in shedding some light on that question. Richard Watson is a writer, speaker, and strategist who helps individuals and organizations think ahead. He focuses on trends and scenario planning. His clients have included PricewaterhouseCoopers, Virgin, Toyota, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, and lots of banks and financial institutions. Richard is the publisher of What's Next, a website that documents global trends. He's the author of two books about the topic of futures, Future Files and Future Minds, being the name of those two books. So as you can see, he's the perfect guest for marking our fifth year anniversary and looking ahead and what we'll be talking about five years from now. So you want to hear from Richard, stick around, a look at the crystal ball when Purse Strings returns. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691. 
Broadcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Joining me today is Richard Watson, publisher of What's Next, a website that documents global trends. As author of two books about the future, Future Minds and Future Files, he's just right for our fifth anniversary. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm thrilled to have you all the way from London. Uh, We're going to jog your memory, though, to begin with. What were you doing way back in 2007? Well, I can't, I can't totally remember. I'm getting on a bit now. Um, I was definitely in Sydney, Australia, and I'm pretty certain the book had been finished in about May, so I was possibly lounging around outside, or I might have been writing material for uh, nownext.com, which was then just three years old. So, I like the lounging around part. That sounds absolutely fabulous. But clearly, at that time, you were, you were definitely in the thick of looking at trends, and I know... Uh, five years ago, you were predicting trends. What kind of came to fruition and what perhaps didn't from what you were looking at five years ago? Well, I, I got quite lucky in, in one sense, arguably. I said that I thought the global economy would crash due to a combination of excessive debt and the sort of networked nature of risk or the newly networked nature of risk. And it promptly did, although I don't think I can claim any special credit for this because I didn't specify exactly when I thought this would happen. Um, and, and maybe actually that's a, that's a sort of success of, of successful prediction. Avoid all detail, especially timing. Yeah, I have to say, I wish you were wrong about that. That's one prediction. Well, that right. I, I was bluffing be- that a bit. Do you want me to say that again? Oh, no, that's fine. That was perfect. No, that was perfect. I mean, there's, a bit, there's also, um, and the other thing I could add to that is, I, I'll just say this now. Um, I also got the anti-back, sorry. I also got the anti-banker backlash right, and I think my views on the European Union are tracking along quite nicely as well. Well, and good for you. I mean, clearly those were trends that you needed to get ahead of in order to try to pull yourselves up by the bootstraps over the course of the last five years, especially here in the United States. Um, Talk, if you would, about the top three most important trends or innovations that you feel, in your expert opinion, have come into existence since 2007. Well, that's, I think that's extremely difficult to say. I mean, first of all, what do you mean exactly by impactful? Are we talking about financial, societal impact? I mean, they're, they're quite different, potentially. Um, it's also very difficult to just pick one. I mean, if you said pick 100, it would be a lot easier. I, I'm <laughs> tempted to suggest that an innovation would be the iPad. I think that, that wasn't around yeah. and has been extraordinarily impactful, both in terms of, for example, what it's doing to education or just simply the numbers sold. As for trends, uh, possibly deglobalization or at least rising economic protectionism, although you could argue that was around prior to 2007 a little bit. Um, Beyond that, rising incomes in emerging markets and, and, and possibly a sort of splintering between West and East. Yeah, I think the iPad is one that a lot of people would agree with you on. I think if we look back to five years ago, a lot of people would say, you know, Twitter might be might be one, although I think there's a lot of discussion about really the value of Twitter. I'm just curious what you think of some of those more social engagement innovations. Any of those kind of come to mind as, as kind of key? I, to, to I wouldn't society? like to sort of rush in on any of those because I think most of these, um, businesses are far too young. You know, they're, they're less than 10 years and in some cases less than five years old. And we haven't quite worked out how to necessarily use them. They haven't quite worked out if they're a business, what their financial model is. 
So I, I think it's very, very early days, and we should sort of avoid rushing in and giving instant judgments and just to some extent wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, were there things back in 2007 that were innovative for their time that are no longer with us that you were a little bit surprised didn't have the sticky power that perhaps you thought well, they would? Not, not so much, or at least I can't think of any sort of newish innovations that have faded away. I, I, I'm tempted to think more of, of sort of very old ideas that are sort of fading away. I mean, you, I'm tempted to say physical newspapers, but I don't actually think that's true. Uh, vinyl records, possibly. Um, we seem to be looking at a situation where talking to one another over a telephone is becoming increasingly rare. Email is dying under the age of about 20, but that's not universal yet. Um, I mean, there's, there's quite a lot of stuff, actually. I mean, smoking, drinking at lunchtime, staying married, I don't know. Um, I mean, some of this, I think we should stress, is, is cycles. And it's, it's really important to distinguish between what is just a cycle or what is actually novel movement. There's also the thought, I think J.G. Ballard, the writer, once had a great quote, which is, if enough people predict something, it won't happen. And this seems to be true with pronouncements about things that are dead. I mean, if somebody sort of stands up and says X is dead, chances are it'll sort of rise from the grave faster than the arm in that final sequence of that movie, Carrie. Yeah, so if it's dead, it really maybe will uh, be new again in some cases. I, I am curious. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff, I mean, this is one of the important discussion points, I think, is, is you know, just how much is really new. I mean, if you look at media, which, are, you know, looks phenomenally new, there's been a tremendous amount of change in media, but deep, deep down... I think media's hardly changed at all. The reason has, has barely changed. It's just the sort of the channels and then the devices we're using are different. Well, I think if you look at what's on uh, television, what's in the movies, especially here in the United States, there's there's rarely a novel idea. A lot of them are retreads, as we will call them, uh, from a previous generation. Look at the, for example, the huge success of Mad Men, which you probably are familiar with, uh, looking back to the 1960s. I mean, that clearly hugely popular but really just a reinvention of something that's 40, years, 40, 50 years old. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's also reasonably rare that a new idea completely extinguishes an old idea. And what, what tends to happen is you have the new idea living a, alongside old ideas for quite a long time. I mean, in, in some instances, a generation or more. I mean, we, you know, we, we've got physical banks. We invented telephone banking. We've invented Internet banking, mobile banking. They're all sort of coexisting. Now, it might well be that eventually one of them gets knocked out. And, you know, you, you could maybe use the example of, of paper books versus e-books or something that's moving very, very rapidly. But it is, it is I think, reasonably rare that, that a new idea comes along that just completely knocks out, you know, the formal way of doing things. You mentioned iPad. I'm curious. What, what other really new, new, new idea has happened in the last five years that you can point Beyond, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's Internet-related. But if you're talking about physical products, I'm, I'm really struggling to think of anything. Yeah. Well, in your book, Future Files, you do exactly this. You predict how the world might change, not just in the next five years, but in the next half century. I'm curious, what are some of the trends that you're prognosticating right now, and what do you feel their impact on us will be? What are you kind of looking at these days? I mean, it's hard to pick sort of one thing. I mean, I think the, the area of synthetic biology is, is quite underrated. Um, it's certainly in the popular media. And if, you, if people aren't familiar with synthetic biology, it's essentially a combination of science and engineering whereby we are tweaking life or, or potentially creating new life forms. And that's sort of quite charged, as you can imagine. We're sort of changing the definition of, of what life 
itself is. And I think synthetic biology is going to be very interesting in relation to energy and is probably going to be as impactful as synthetic chemistry has been. Um, if you ask me to sort of pick another one, uh, it's not exactly a product as we were talking about earlier on, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of a website called 23andMe.com, which is individual genetic testing, um, essentially a way of linking people with their, literally with their past and future. It's sort of part ancestry and part medical prophecy. And, you know, it's very well known around, known about in sort of internet circles, but beyond that, I mean, even doctors aren't, aren't aware of it. It's an American site, and I think that's fascinating. Wow, that's really fascinating. I don't know if I really want to, to know my complete genetic history and future. It's well, there's another, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, talk a little bit about the types of technologies that you see emerging in the future. Um, well, I think the ones to really watch are what I call in the book the green technologies, which is genetics, robotics, internet, and nanotechnology. Um, I mean, we just touched on, on genetics a second ago, but um, genetics, as I understand it, is actually progressing at a rate faster than computing. A lot of people be familiar with the idea of Moore's law and computing. Well, genetics is moving faster than that. And I think that's going to be absolutely fascinating. Robotics, I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It's all sort of, you know, where's my jetpack stuff? But I think robots, we're, we're on the cusp of them becoming quite good and quite common, um, starting off pretty much now with, with military applications. But I think we're going to see more and more of them in our homes and, and offices going forward. Um, they're going to start off quite clunky, but give them enough time, they're going to get very, very interesting. The Internet, it, you know, is, is still wearing short pants, quite frankly. It is still fantastically new. And I think it's going to progress, you know, at quite an extraordinary rate over the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Um, and in 10, 15 years, it's probably going to be nothing like it is now. I mean, people kind of assume it's going to be roughly like it is now. We tend to sort of extrapolate from, from now into the future, but I think it's going to change quite significantly. And then nanotech, I mean, just new materials uh, with, with really quite original and novel properties. I think that's going to be quite significant as well. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Richard. When we come back, I do want to talk about how many technologies our society can truly bear before we have complete overload. More from Richard Watson when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. 
Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I've been chatting with Richard Watson. He's the publisher of What's Next and the author of Future Minds and Future Files, an expert on global trends. And that's exactly what we've been talking about today. Uh, Richard, you've been looking at really where we're going in the next five years. Technology, of course, you you just talked about what's emerging and and where you think we're going with robotics and the internet. And I love how you talk about the internet having short pants right now, which is really true. I think we've just really begun to tap the power the internet. And I'm curious, um, and I know through your books you talk about this, what do you think society's ability is to kind of cope with this continual change in technology? Isn't it kind of tapping all of our, our mental power just to kind of keep up? Um, hard to say. I mean, the, the first thing would be that I question whether the level of change is really new. And this is a, a point well made by a guy called uh, Bob second sticker in his book called Future Hype. Now, I, I think it is new, and we, it is a, an era of a really rapid change, but we, we do need to sort of dig into that a little bit. If it is true that, that we're living through a, an era of almost unprecedented change, then I, I would suggest we look at another book, which is Alvin Toffler's Future Shock, which came out around 1972. And he, he essentially was saying that one of the results of very rapid technological change was, was sort of mental conditions and, and anxiety. And funnily enough, if, if you look at some of the numbers and some of the prescriptions um, that, are, that are being sort of sent out at the moment, that there does seem to be an issue emerging with mental health, and this might be related to this. Also, I know you you had alluded to this earlier that the ability just to interact face to face or even over the phone may be dying out. And you even mentioned the email, even though it's not saturated yet, it is slowly dying. Do you see the use of phone, the use of email, uh, even face to face conversation truly ever going away? Um, well, that sort of digs into a very interesting question: is, is whether human nature can change? And a lot of people assume it's fixed, but I think there is the possibility that, that human nature is actually fluid. I mean, it's been fixed for so long because the external environment's been relatively stable and fixed, but if the external environment is changing rapidly, then our minds might change as well. And generationally, you certainly see this. But again, I think you have to think over the longer term and think in cycles. I mean, we've been through a phase of, of collecting hundreds, if not thousands, of friends and then sort of feeling rather disappointed and getting rid of them again and unfriending people. So these things tend to come in waves. And I think the more or the faster and, and more digital and more virtual the future gets, the more interest there'll be in slowing things down, physical contact and so on and so forth. Do you think there's just some tenements to society that need to stay in place in order for us to be a fruitful and progressive and 
humane society, though, that no matter what changes around us, there's just some certain things that cannot change or we're going to be in a world of trouble? I, I don't know. I, w- I would hope so. Um, <laughs> and I, I, think, I think shared values would, would appear to me to be quite important, but it's, it's extremely hard to say, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. As you look into your crystal ball, and, and I know I'm asking you to look quite a bit in the future, up to, you know, say five to ten years from now, what do you think the world is going to look like? You've alluded to, to it a little bit, but I'm curious, do you have it kind of crystallized in your mind as where you think we're going to be going? Well, I, I can't really give you a singular future because I don't actually believe in them. I think the, the only thing you can say with any degree of certainty about the future is that it's uncertain, and, and therefore there must be a number of alternatives, a number of ways that the, the, the future can unfold. Um, I can give you four, if you like. Um, there's a sort of scenario which I call moreism, which is, is kind of what we're familiar with. It's, it's globalization, free markets, individualism, consumerism, and, and probably more than a pinch of narcissism as well. And I think that's where we were prior to about 2008, and, and some regions still are sort of a bit like that. Um, there's a scenario which is a sort of polar opposite of that, which is called enoughism, and it's much more local, slightly regulated, very sustainable green, a little bit more, more balanced. And, and if, I mean, if moreism is driven by greed, then enoughism is essentially driven by altruism. Um, there's a scenario called smart planet, which is where we essentially believe in the power of science and technology to solve any problems coming our way. So, you know, we will solve climate change, um, peak oil, etc., with smart ideas. So this is the sort of the classic Silicon Valley future. You know, it's very fast, virtual, digital, and I suppose driven fundamentally by our imagination, um, our ingenuity. And then we've got a, a fourth scenario, a fourth possibility for future, if you like, which I've called personal fortress, which is really around collapse, actually. It's hugely protectionist, hugely regulated, and I suppose that the fundamental driver of that world is, is either fear or anxiety, and that's obviously the one we don't particularly want to, uh, to embrace. Um, but, yeah, picking sort of one future is, is extraordinarily difficult beyond saying it will be different and it will be uncertain. I mean, I suppose a lot of people would say that it's going to be very fast, sort of silver-colored and use a lot of batteries, and I think that's quite possible. But, again, it's, that's merely one scenario. Right. It could be amalgamation of all of those four as well. The fear yeah, part I, is, I is a bit concerning. Also, you know, it, it, we're slightly falling into the trap here of assuming that everyone experiences the future in the same way. I mean, I don't think we, we even experience the present in the same way, or, and we interpret the past in different ways. So the future will be entirely different, I suspect, for different people according to how old they are, what they do for a living, where they live, how much money they've got, and so on and so forth. Although one would expect there are some sort of commonalities there as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, Richard, our time, unfortunately, has, has come to an end, but I do want to direct people to learn more about you and, and all the, the great work that you're doing in the future, <laughs> not just in the future, but now, about the future. Now and next.com. Is that the best place for people to go? That's the best place to start, absolutely. Fabulous. Richard, thank you so much for making yourself available to us today on this very special show. Well, uh, thank you very much and happy anniversary. Thank you so much. And thank you to my producer, George, for five fabulous years. I really couldn't have done it without you, George. Absolutely not. Thanks for hanging in there with me. And everybody else, thanks for listening for these five years and hopefully five more years. We'll track all the latest trends, all the, the latest marketing to women insights and research, and keep you up to date on everything you need to know as you move forward with your business. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week at this time, next Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. 
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.